Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Every single little thing, I'm just constantly looking at every little detail and it's like a game to me. How can I work myself out of a job, essentially? Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Every once in a while, there comes a service that revolutionizes an industry. And I am proud to say that our best ever sponsor, Cozy, is that service for landlords and tenants. Cozy simplifies the rental process for everyone. Simply put, Cozy makes it easy to collect rent online, to screen tenants, to order credit reports, to do all the things that you are currently doing manually, but to automate it so that you can focus on more important things like growing your portfolio this year. The best part is that Cozy is completely free. It's free. There aren't any minimums, there aren't any transaction fees or monthly payments. No other service on the planet offers this to you for free. And one of the things that I love about Cozy is that Cozy automatically collects and transfers the rent so that every month you don't have to worry about forgetful tenants forgetting to pay you the rent. You can actually receive that rent automatically in your bank account, no questions asked. So you can say goodbye to paper checks, late payments, and all those lame excuses. And here's your chance to simplify your life and make more money. Join me and sign up for Cozy at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Farrell, and I'm here with today's guest, Justin Williams. Hi, Justin. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. And Justin is the founder of HouseFlippingHQ.com. Uh, and he also has a House Flipping HQ podcast. So go check that out. He has been a full-time real estate investor for eight years and has flipped close to 400 homes during that time. And he's currently flipping 100 homes a year through an automated system. And he's been an entrepreneur since uh, the young age of nine years old. <laughs> and Justin, if you want to get into um, that business venture, that's all you, my friend. Um, he, he, t- he gave me a sneak preview beforehand, and uh, it, it's quite a Hollywood story without a Hollywood ending. I'll just say that. <laughs> 
So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about what your background is, what you're focused on, and um, you know how you got to this point? Absolutely. Well, I, I've got to start with uh, my first entrepreneurial venture at nine years old since you uh, you know gave, gave them that info. So when I was nine years old, I would go and work with to work with my dad. He he was a um, he did construction, and there was uh, a landscaper that he worked with. Now this was probably totally illegal, by the way, <laughs> probably against all laws. But um, <laughs> I would go work for this landscaper pulling weeds for three dollars an hour, and with that money, I would go buy lovebirds and I would breed those lovebirds and then take the babies inside, hand feed them, and sell them at a premium. And so things were going really well. I was really excited about my new venture. And then I had my big first huge failure as an entrepreneur. And one freezing cold night in Southern California, which doesn't happen a lot, um, I went out to the Avery and all the birds were dead. And it was just heartbreaking. So <laughs> that's a <laughs> Wow. And you, you learned at a very young age some very real lessons as an entrepreneur. Yes. And and, and as a, a keeper of living things. Yes. Yeah. But it was it was a good experience overall. So no regret. And and uh, you parlayed lovebirds into real estate eventually. So what have you been up to recently? <laughs> so so like you said, I'm currently you know flipping about a hundred houses per year. Um I've been flipping houses full-time and a full-time real estate investor for about eight years now. I would like to say it started out just as smoothly as it's going now. Not that it's going smoothly now either, but you know, um, as well as it's going now, but that would be a little far from the truth. So <laughs> when you, when you talk about flipping a hundred homes a year, I mean, I, I'm a, I, and it, you talk about an automated system. Um, I think people might be initially skeptical. It's like, how the heck does somebody flip a hundred homes um, on an automated system? You know, whenever I hear automated system, I think of somebody sitting in a recliner with their feet propped up on <laughs> a desk. Beach. Cross, well, yeah, or at the beach. Yeah. Um, even better. Um, well, I've got this forty thousand dollar program. I'll I'll tell right, you about exactly, it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it only costs you twenty thousand dollars to hear about the forty thousand exactly, dollars program. Exactly. So, what what do you mean by automated system flipping a hundred homes a year? So, let me give a little more background. Um, you know, I started out in May of two thousand seven. I went to my very first seminar, and at, when I went to that seminar, I had no idea what they were talking about. I didn't know anything about real estate investing at the time, and you know, of course, I signed up for this guy's fifteen thousand dollar coaching program. Um, and at that program now would be like 25,000 and that this was like eight years ago. And, you know, it didn't take me long to realize this guy was nothing more than an information marketer and hadn't actually even done real estate for over six years. And, you know, he offered a car to, to the best student that he had that year. And I actually won the car, but just like everything else, it was never delivered. <laughs> so what? So, yeah, it's wild, man. It's a long, Ugh. long story. I mean, I went to the seminar and. I, I then, you know, had had some success and I spoke about my success and there were three finalists and it was this competition and people were cheering for me and I won and I got this trophy and he's like, I'll send you the car in a few days. I just didn't know who to send it to. And then he never sent it. <laughs> so anyway, so I've, I spent $40,000 in my first couple years in investing with on programs that, you know, promised the world and didn't really deliver much in return. So I, I, I get it. It's out there. Um, then in 2010, I, you know, at first I was started out wholesaling, which I'm sure your audience is familiar with wholesaling. So I won't get into that. 
but then I got into um, retailing in 2010, and it was kind of a rough go at the beginning. Um, and I decided at the end of 2010, I'm like, okay, enough of this. I'm going to do this whole you know passive income thing and you know, rich dad, poor dad, and uh, get out of the rat race and do rental properties. And that went really well between October of 2010 to February of 2011. I acquired 12 rental properties, but then I was totally out of money. <laughs> I had I, I was out of my own capital. My private money lenders' money was out. And some people are like, well, go go raise some more, right? But I mean, I literally did not know how I was going to pay the bills um, for the next few weeks. So uh, I decided I had no choice but to sell four of those properties, which I did not want to do. But when I did that, I made more money than I needed to take care of my family for an entire year. And for the first time, I felt what financial freedom for at least a year felt like. And it was it was a good feeling. And that's when I had my epiphany or my aha moment. And I thought, you know, I've read books like The E-Myth. I've read books like The 4-Hour Workweek. They say that you can have a passive income through rental properties, which is halfway true, as we all know. Uh, and I thought, with the right systems, why can't I do this every month? Why can't I make as much money as I need to take care of my family for a year every month? And why can't I automate it? And that's that was what I set up to do. I mean... You know, we all know that if we strongly believe something, we have a clear focus, we can accomplish some pretty amazing things. And in the year 2011, uh, I flipped 60 houses. Now, I'd like to say it was all automated right away, but it wasn't. It took a lot of time. Um, and then over time, I just continued to automate that system and to the point to where we're now doing 100 a year and um, pretty much automated. When I say pretty much, I look at it as a house flipping machine that I sometimes have to oil and maintain and add some new parts here or there. Um, so on average, I'm putting a few hours a week into it, uh, but it's pretty much goes on its own. That is incredible to hear, you know, it's a couple hours a week, hundred homes a year. Um, so we'll call it a few hours. We'll say probably a few or right, five few. hours a week. Well, hell, even if it's 20, that's still pretty darn good <laughs> if you're doing a hundred homes a year. So, um, what specific, uh, let's drill down into specifics. Let's drill down. What? Yeah. So can you go through, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, when people ask me about deal syndication and multifamily, uh, it can be a 10-hour conversation about what are all the steps, or it could be, uh, I could tell them probably like the five steps to doing it. Um, so let's talk about the the ladder for house flipping. <laughs> okay. You know, what are what are the five steps and specifically how are you automating each of those steps? Okay, that, that could be a very long conversation. So let me try, I'm, I have the gift of gabs. So let me try to break it down as much as I can. In a house flipping business, there's basically five different steps. What I call the five house pillars of house flipping. You have deal analysis, buying, financing, rehabbing, and selling. Okay, so let's break through those. the The first and foremost, and to me, the most important part of a house flipping business, or in my opinion, anything in real estate, is the analysis and the acquisition. So those first two, the, the buying process, pretty much. So that takes a ton of time. I used to spend hours and hours and hours a week on that part of my business. Um, so what I did, that was the first thing I tried to, to delegate out. And what I did is I started having other people do the legwork for me. I created some documents and even some videos to show them exactly how I would analyze a property. What am I looking for? So I let them do all that legwork for me. And then I would just give the final approval. If someone had a property they got under contract for me, uh, I would have a 10-day inspection period. And my, I would look at it and say, okay, this works, this doesn't work. And that in and of itself saved me hours and hours of time. 
I'm now to the point where I, my assistant who runs my entire house flipping machine or business, um, she actually oversees that for me. She'll occasionally call me to double check on some, but she just knows houses that we buy. So that's the deal analysis and buying part. I also have, you know, many wholesalers who sell me houses. I have acquisitions, um, people who work full time for me. So that, that's kind of the point where I'm at now. I don't want people to get overwhelmed. Like that's not, you know, I'm buying, doing a hundred houses a year. Right? You don't have to start there. Okay. I just basically have acquisitions guys who buy for me full time. I have wholesalers and I have an, an agent who is me out making offers all the time. Right. So I have, I have people out there, um, going through deals and my criteria, they know what I'm looking for. They take it to my assistant and she's kind of like the checks and balances with them. And then if there's ever any questions she has, she brings that to me. Basically half of the time I spend in my business is work talking to my assistant and making sure everything's going well. Okay. So let's get into the, the financing aspect. Um, kind of the same idea. My assistant is in charge of setting up all of our financing. She knows who our hard money lenders are. She knows who our private money lenders are. And we're just constantly moving our private money lenders money from house to house to house. They know they're going to constantly be getting their 10 to 12%. We recently lowered it to 10 just because that's the going kind of where things are going. Um, and she'll just move their, uh, their financing from property to property. So she handles all, all the financing. Um, then you have rehabs and this is where, where it gets good. So, uh, a lot of people have what's called a materials list. Uh, that's basically a list that says what color of paint you use, what kind of flooring, what, so we do that on every house. We're never going to home Depot to pick these things out. Uh, we do the same thing to 95% of our homes, right? It's like a conveyor belt. You know, it's like, like the Ford, what model T anyway, whatever. <laughs> so, um, so we, and we have all the SKU numbers. We use the exact same thing for everything. So I never have to prove any of that. I never have to hear about it. Um, if there is ever anything that we're changing up for whatever reason, my assistant Vanessa can, can approve that. Uh, then what, something I do, a lot of people don't do is a price list. When I first started doing a higher volume, I noticed I'm spending a ton of time negotiating with these contractors, getting three bids. We're getting price creep, you know, prices are going up. And I said, okay, this is nonsense. So I broke it down and I realized that every house that we did, it cost about the same per square foot for the paint for the flooring, for the carpet, for you name it. So I came up with this price list that says, okay, you are going to get paid $1.25 per square foot. If the house is, you know, a thousand square feet, you are going to get paid, you know, $1,250 to paint that house, the inside of the house. Same with the outside. You know, you're getting about a dollar per square foot for the outside. So I came up with this price list. Now, whenever we meet a new contractor, we say, hey, do these prices work for you? It's kind of like a prearranged, um, a bidding process, if you will. So I no longer have to have, I no longer have to haggle with contractors. I no longer have to get multiple bids with contractors. They know exactly what we're going to pay them. And now they, of course, there's going to be your odds and ends here and there. Um, but we deal with those things as, as they happen and it's not too bad. And our contractors do a lot of work and they don't want to lose our work. So we, we work together on that. I also only use general contractors and most of my general contractors do multiple jobs at a time. The least amount of people that we can communicate with, the better. They buy all their materials as well. We don't deal with any of that. I'm, we're never talking to subs. And my assistant, I don't deal with the contractors. I don't look at the houses. My assistant does, um, does those things. Questions with that? I have my agents. There's a lot to cover, man. <laughs> I'm trying to be quick here. 
And then this, yeah, and, and you're doing a good job of it. Um, I have a follow up question, but let's go. Let's finish the fifth step, and then I've got my follow up question. Okay, so really quick, that my agents though, I use them a ton as well. You know, they're going to get my listing. I expect them. It's like a partnership. I expect them if we have buy properties that are occupied, they work with them to get them out of the house. They also will oversee the um, the contractors as well, the general contractors. Like they'll do the final walkthrough. My thought is, hey. They want the house to look nice. They're going to do the pictures. I'm going to have them do the final walkthrough. It's their job to get the house sold. They want it to look good. Okay. So I really use my agents as well. I've taught them how to negotiate for me um, as far as trying to get me the highest price on the resale. Um, just every single little thing. I'm just constantly looking at every little detail. And it's like a game to me. How can I work myself out of a job essentially? And it's taken a long time. I'm not trying to make this sound like, Overnight, you're going to do. No, it's not simple. It's a process. But that is my goal every single day to how can I get this handled in a systematic way or how can I delegate it to somebody else to take care of it? And then, of course, we have um, somebody else who does all of the utilities and the bill paying and the paperwork and all those little things that are just so annoying. Like I do not sign. I don't sign paperwork. I don't look at houses. Um, I have. I talked with an attorney and made it so that my assistant and one of my other employees is able to sign on the behalf of the company. I have my mom works for me as well. And she does all my banking. She does all my wires. Anyway, you just got sometimes as, as investors, real estate investors, I think we think like small time, but I don't think we need to, right? I mean, you have these big corporations that obviously have incredible systems. You know, the CEO is not out doing all the legwork on everything. Um, and, and you don't, you don't have to do that either. So. My follow-up question is, I understand the deal analysis, the buying. I imagine within the buying and deal analysis, you've also got lead generation too, uh, an automated process for that, right? Yeah. So okay. we've, we've bought properties in multiple different ways, and we're always looking for uh, new ways to buy more houses. Uh, but currently, our main focus is buying from wholesalers and buying direct to seller. You know, with the market, that's kind of the way things have gone. So the wholesalers, they know to contact Vanessa directly. They know my criteria. I have a rule that you cannot send me a property unless it's under contract. You give me the margins and I have my one and two strike policy because I got sick of getting sent tons of deals from wholesalers that were garbage. And the the one strike policy is if I feel like you're inflating the price or being dishonest in any way, we'll never work with you again. Number two, if I feel like it was an honest mistake, I will give you a second chance if I feel like you're a newer investor. But I really, you know, just the 80-20 rule, we've had to eliminate, and I hate to say it, even working with a lot of newer investors who don't quite know what they're doing. It's like, hey, go get a little more education first. We're not that person for you. I can direct you to someone who can do a little more handholding. Of course, we have our um, coaching and education and stuff, but it was taking too much of our time. So we eliminated all that stuff we, we could. So we, for acquisitions, right. we got our agent who knows our criteria. He's just out making offers constantly for us. I have two buyers who are just constantly taking calls. Um, from our marketing and they know our criteria. And then Vanessa, who's my assistant, once they have a deal lined up, she'll do the final analysis, make sure it's all good. And then she has questions, she asks me. Okay, real quick follow-up question. Then we got to quickly go into your best advice ever. <laughs> um, so the last follow-up question really quick uh, on the rehabbing portion of it. I, I think the biggest ch challenge would be making sure that the contractors are staying within budget, staying 
um, you know, consistent with what they should be updating and, and renovating and fixing and all that good stuff. How do you automate that particular part of the process? Well, you know, they, even though it's, like I said, it's kind of pre-done, they still send us their scope of work and their bid based off of the, the pre-agreement that we have. So my assistant can check that, make sure it all looks good. And essentially, you know, they've got to pretty much stick to that. I mean, if there's something realistic that comes up, that's fine. But I've been working with these guys for a long time. And don't get me wrong, I have gone through my share, fair share of horrible contractors and, and lost money in, in different ways with them. It's part of the process. Um, but I have some pretty good contractors that basically I provide them with all the work they'll ever need. So they really want to work with us. They want to keep us happy. And you know, they're like partners to us. Um, so every once in a while, they go over a little bit, but they really try to stay within uh, the timelines and you know, I have my agent that follows that double checks on those properties. And then my assistant every once in a while I'll go by if, if we feel like she needs to. Uh, so it's, it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, they, they say uh, success to people from the outside looks like this straight line going up. And in reality, it's kind of going all over the place. You know, we are solving problems and, and dealing with things on a daily basis. But, you know, you just got to have those systems and then be willing to let some of that stuff go and, and delegate it out. Justin, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? So this is something that I, I've recently come up with, and I call it the three C's of house flipping success. And these are three things that all successful um, real estate investors do, and even entrepreneurs in general, I'd say. So the first C stands for content. You've, you've got to get educated. And obviously, you know, the best ever listeners know that because they're listening to this call. So I know I'm preaching to the choir, but you've got to get educated. But then going to the second C, which is corridor. You have got to enter the corridor. You have got to take those first action steps and not just, I used to say massive action, but now I say action where it counts because I see some people taking massive action in the wrong direction or in all the wrong things. Yes. You yep. have got to do the things that are going to, you know, in real estate investing or house flipping, it's all about figuring out the fundamentals and then identifying those first steps, which are um, learn the deal analysis and how to acquire properties and then get those houses under contract. And if you do that, then the rest will start to fall into place. Once you start taking action where it counts and enter that corridor, you go into this uh, hyper learning phase where you can learn 10 times more efficiently and more quickly than you can when you don't have that real world experience. So you've really got to start taking action as, as soon as you possibly can. Um, the third C is community. So once you've taken action, you are going to fail. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to learn things you didn't know that you didn't know. And you've got to have a community. You've got to surround yourself with mentors who've been there who can show you the way, not the ones that are going to charge you $25,000, $40,000. But you've got to surround yourself with mentors and you've got to surround yourself with other like-minded individuals who are in the same boat as you because you're going to have, you know, you're going to go to that seminar, you're going to be pumped up, you're going to get back home. Things are going to go exactly how you planned right away. You're going to be excited, but your friends and family members aren't going to totally understand. You need that daily support, those people that you can turn to ask questions to, but then also be there to help lift you up and keep you going on your journey. So those are my three C's for, uh, for house flipping success. I love those three C's. And the, the third one really resonates, uh, with, with me because, you know, we can, uh, as you, just like you mentioned, we can go to the seminar, we can learn a lot, uh, and we, when we, yeah, you know, I, I always get something out of any seminar I go to, yeah. but then the, when you go home, 
inevitably there's some sort of wrinkle that comes into play that wasn't discussed or that you're not sure about and you need to surround yourself with that community. So Justin, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Best ever listeners, it's 2015 and wouldn't you like to simplify the landlording process and automate it as much as possible while making more money along the way? It's the landlord's dream, right? With online rent payments, applications, and secure credit reports, Cozy makes being a landlord incredibly easy. And best of all, it's completely free. Sign up for Cozy at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. Best ever book you've read. Um, I've got to go with two here. One is Behemoth, and I think you mentioned this book as well. So I think this is one of yours. And Compound Effect. I enjoyed some of the e-myth it's so it's so strange because for whatever reason i just wasn't digging the e I, I didn't mention it by the way i think i was i mentioned the go-giver on other interviews but the e-myth for whatever reason just never really resonated with Maybe me it was i don't else. know Maybe it was yeah else I, I don't know why um because everybody else besides me loves it so definitely best ever listeners check it out i think this is my thoughts on every single book i don't agree 100 percent with any book <laughs> tell you the truth <laughs> but it's like you mentioned the takeaways from your seminars if if you can have a few things that resonate with you and you apply in your own way i mean that that can like like for me people love um rich dad poor dad and for me i'm like well it doesn't really teach you anything but i think it's just the the mindset that has helped so many people with that has changed their way of thinking that has made all the difference so Absolutely. And and your approach to business certainly aligns really well with what the e-myth talks about. And best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book just like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Um, it would have to be when I started my satellite dish business just two years before my getting into real estate. I thought, um, I, thought I was going to be a millionaire after a year. You know, I had plans for all these summer sales reps to go out. Anyway, bottom line, didn't work out. My partner kind of failed me. We ended up with $120,000 of debt, which I then had to work harder than I've ever worked in my whole life for six months to go door to door and selling and and pay all that off. And it's really been the best experience because it showed me I can overcome any challenge. Best ever success habit you practice? Um, This is actually, I mentioned to you that I was interviewed yesterday by John Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and he actually told me that at speed of implementation, he would say, is my uh, my best habit. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done was a deal we did last year, which actually this house burnt to the ground the day after we bought it. And it, I was freaked out. I was scared. I was like, this insurance thing really work? And we ended up making $200,000 on it. So that's our best deal. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Um, as far as As far as houses go? As far as life. No, yeah, as far as houses. <laughs> um, you know, for me, it's more just like we're going into some new states and some new ways of buying. It's not just one house. I don't look at my houses. Uh, so I don't really get that excited by real estate, to tell you the truth. <laughs> That's probably not the best thing to say on uh, this podcast. But for me, it's more about the business and the systems and, and what you can create from it. So Best ever quote? Uh, my favorite quote is... To avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. And that's by Aristotle. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? So the biggest mistake I've made would be the most money I've lost, which was also last year. And I lost $50,000 on a property. And the mistake I made 
is I bought it from a wholesaler and I was way too trusting of this wholesaler, but also um, of, of the, the value. I, I basically, I don't think he was trying to lie to me, but um, he wasn't splitting the price, but I believed him. <laughs> and I thought he knew the market better than I did. And he promised that he would make it up to me if it didn't work out and all this different stuff. And he's trying, he's working on it now. But, you know, at the end of the day, the combination of him kind of inflating the value and also something that happened with the HOA in the area, I should have been more aware of that HOA and, and that they were having issues and things were spiraling down. So, yeah, I ended up losing $50,000 on, on that one deal. So What happened with the HOA? Um, What was happening? You know, I just, all I know is that the HOA fees were, were going up drastically. Uh, they weren't, they were basically not able to pay for everything that they needed. They weren't, didn't have the income, that, the money that they needed to pay for what they needed. And HOA fees were going through the roof and caused price, house prices to go down pretty drastically. So what's the best ever place to reach you? <laughs> the best ever place to reach me. So like you mentioned, we have the housewhippinghq.com and then um, I've got a free course for a free house flipping course. I know we didn't get to have a chance to get into too many details here, but people can go to houseflippingformula.com and they'll get a free house flipping course, house flipping formula. Justin, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. This was a flipping house flipping crash course, my friend, <laughs> and uh, how to automate the process and even if the best ever listeners aren't going to go out and immediately automate it, then it's still really valuable to hear the different stages of the process and the different people in place for each of the stages. You know, the five stages that you mentioned, deal analysis, buying, financing, rehabbing, and selling. And I know that's grossly simplifying the process as would as, as we have to do in this type of format, but also I think what it does is it um, allows us to really distill a lot of information down to some stuff that makes sense and, and it's digestible. And I, I think talking through this and hearing how you know, you're able to have the team members in place for each of those stages and who they are and what they do was incredibly valuable. And then, you know, that your new thing of the three C's for house flipping success, um, where, you know, where you ended on community. And I completely agree surrounding yourself with those who are successfully doing and have done what you want to do is imperative to the success. And Tony Robbins talks about how we're a product of the expectations of our peer group, or most people are the product of the expectations of their peer group. And if we surround ourselves with people who um, have high expectations, then we just naturally rise above to to reach those expectations because um, you know some deeper stuff, how we want to feel um, accepted and, and a part of a part of something larger than, um, you know, just, just ourselves. So thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your best ever advice. And we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.